Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Arlene is here today to take your phone calls, answer your questions. The website at allamericangold.com. So many things to do there. Matter of fact, today in the second half of the program, I've got one of our young guns in studio. Uh, Ryan Settles here with us. He is helping us revamp the whole web page. He's got us on Twitter. We got a blog now. Uh, the Facebook thing. All of this is going to come together. We're going to be having a new, fresh look on the website coming. Also, he is promising me this morning they're going to clean up the shopping. We're going to make it a little more friendly. I, I, I realized it got a little complicated. We added a bunch of products and added a whole bunch of functionality, but uh, Ryan is going to be here today to tell us about all those exciting things. Of course, the big news of the day, the Donald bringing it last night. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Matter of fact, I wish, I hope, this is how he's going to be. Uh, very presidential, uh, in my opinion, and uh, I thought he was right on. The best part was no detail. And, and that's really what you need, right? Let me give you the big vision, and then let's go to work to figure it out. Uh, but already, it, it hasn't even been 24 hours, and already lawmakers are, are starting to say, eh, we liked it. I know. You know, well, I guess half the people stood up and clapped. You know, that's the kind of the, the state of the union. Of course, this technically wasn't a state of the union because he hasn't been in office for a year. But I always laughed at that. I never could figure it out because here you are. You know, you raise your kids, you know, to be good sports, right, and, and be gracious in defeat as you are and be humble uh, in victory and all of these things. And then you see, you know, these elected politicians, doing everything but that and you see it really at the you know this once a year the state of the union i'll call it the state of the union because that's really what it was at the state of the union addresses and the republicans clap and the democrats just sit there and you know and the opposite you know when let's face it when it was obama there it was the opposite way right the the democrats clapped and the republicans just sat there and you get all that stuff but what we're going to talk about is what is the implications for all of us? And how is this going to affect your wallet? And one of the things that I've been telling you is get ready for the blow up in the death. And Donald Trump's, and I shouldn't say it wasn't his, it was George Bush's budget secretary. He was out on TV this morning, uh, uh, Rob Portman, and actually I guess it was yesterday, and sounding an awful lot like some bald-headed fat guy that does a radio show every day at the Patriot Trading Group. Because I've been telling everybody, listen, next 10 years, deficit's going to go up another $20 trillion. What did he have to say on TV yesterday? He's warning about the debt going up another $20 trillion. But that is exactly, really, we're stuck now. When you really think about where we're at, you have the Federal Reserve that wants to lie and misrepresent the truth. Matter of fact, in the next segment, we are going to play a portion 
of the interview that I did yesterday with Danielle DiMartino Booth. She was the author of Fed Up. We were going to have that podcast up yesterday, but there, it wasn't our fault. Brian, you can t- attest to this, right? Amazon had an issue, and it took, you know, I didn't realize Amazon was this powerful. It took down my my email. It took down our ability to load our, our podcast onto SoundCloud. And apparently now that's all fixed today. Yes. Amazon nearly took down there, there, the web. There, there was a cloud problem, but it got too cloudy. I don't know what, do you know what it was? What happened? That's a little more too technical. Too for technical. Me. You don't even, even the techies don't know what happened. But half the internet stopped working yesterday. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to play a piece of my 30-minute interview with her in the next segment. After the show, we're going to put up the podcast for the show and then about 30 minutes, an hour after that, the full interview that I did with with Danielle DiMartino Booth will be on our podcast only. It'll be, a, it'll be only on podcast. So if you want to listen to everything she had to say, you'll have to go to the podcast. It should be up about 30 minutes, maybe an hour after this show gets posted up. So... By sometime uh, early afternoon, it'll be up there. If you follow us on SoundCloud, you won't have to worry about it. You'll get an email saying, hey, new podcast is up there. Uh, You can do all that right through our website at allamericangold.com. And I'm just going to tell you that I got excited because it's not often I get to talk to people that that know more than I do. And, And she absolutely does. And, and it got a little techy, and and if you listen to the whole interview, you, you I think you'll be able to sense my excitement at uh, all of the knowledge that she has. One of the things that I hope will happen is maybe she'll just become a regular guest because she is that good. It was really, really very, very interesting, all the things that she had to say. And by the way, if you haven't gotten her book fed up, get it. Because it really is, uh, I don't want to say it's an indictment of what we've allowed our central bank to become, but really, she just lays out all the facts. Here's what they've done. Here's what's happened. And she doesn't go as far as I do, because, you know, we need to audit the Fed. We really should go back to the gold standard and take them out of this. But she's calling for a drastic reduction in in the authority of the Federal Reserve. We got that coming up next, and then after that, we'll talk to Ryan. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. We've got our interview. This is uh, just part of our interview with Danielle D. Martino Booth, the author of Fed Up. For those of you that need a little background on her, she was a a Wall Streeter, right? Educated, has you know, got her MBA and and made a, a nice living for herself on Wall Street. One of the things she became known for was the ability to take whether it be techie speak or financial speak and turn it into 
readable material for the average person. A matter of fact, the the reason the Federal Reserve reached out to her originally, her original, I guess, foray into the Federal Reserve was saying, hey, we've got the thousands of PhD economists, but they don't know how to put it into words what it is they're trying to say. Can you come in, listen to all the mumbo-jumbo, and then put it into readable format? So that's really what what she was asked to originally do, and then it really took off from there. Uh, but, Ramon, let's start with our interview with Danielle DiMartino Booth. I'd like to take this time to welcome Danielle DiMartino Booth. She is the author of Fed Up. Uh, she's here on the Patriot Trading Group to t- uh, not only share her insights with the internal workings of the Federal Reserve, but obviously talk about her experience in her book. Uh, Danielle, I got your book right after President's Day. I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The pleasure was, well, it, well, no, it really wasn't much fun. Um, but I, I, I had to do it, and it's done, and I'm pleased it is being so well-received and read, read cover to cover. You know, we always get the book from the head of the Federal Reserve, right? Alan Greenspan, he likes to write his books. Ben Bernanke likes to write his books. And, of course, they always justify uh, all of their actions. And I thought it was just fantastic that we get an insider's view of how the Federal Reserve operates. And let me ask you, what was the motivation for the book? You know, hindsight being what it is, I'm intrigued that you started off by asking or by mentioning the other books. Um, if I wasn't fed up years ago, you know, Batime, you know, Batime's stress test came out, Timothy Geithner's book, right. and, and The Courage to Act, Ben Bernanke's book, which was, you know, a huge encyclopedic tome. You know, the self-congratulatory tone and the Ludlum-esque titles, I sat there saying to myself, really? You're really patting yourself on the back before history's been written. And the history has yet to be written. And one of the things that I have been firm with with our audience, I think history is going to judge Alan Greenspan, Ben Bernanke, Janet Yellen very cruelly. And and I and I was one of the things that that at least for me is all of these great academic people and all of their great academic models, and they have access to more data than anybody on the planet. How is it they didn't see any of this coming? I call it monetary myopia. Think about a horse with really big blinders on. Look, the models dictated that the crisis could never happen. The Federal Reserve technically only regulated 25% of mortgage lenders. So said, in his infinite wisdom, Alan Greenspan, And therefore, he didn't have to worry about the other 75%, the other gigantic falling knife. Uh, Look, this was was hubris in its worst form, in in, in my humble opinion. These were models that were redeployed time and again. The tequila crisis. Heck, take it all the way back to 1987 with Alan Greenspan when he started leaking information, allowing the New York Fed to leak information to the bond market in advance of Fed moves. That was when Wall Street started to front-run the Fed. 
And then we had the tequila crisis and the Orange County bankruptcy and long-term capital management. And every single time the Fed came riding into the rescue using the same models that said we'd best not let price discovery occur of its own natural volition, we should keep interest rates held artificially low for too long over and over again and ignore what the credit markets are telling us about an overabundance of debt and, it, and the consequences thereof and just keep doing these things over and over again. It, it, it was, it, it, you know, Einstein has actually not been credited with his, you know, with, with his most quoted definition of insanity. I don't know who said it, and frankly, I don't care, but that was what it was like. It was like being Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. But by the same token, I'm a fairly intelligent person with a great education, and I find it to be highly offensive when PhDs in economics use complex terms just to make sure that nobody besides their colleagues who call them doctor understand what the heck they're talking about. Can I ask you how? I guess this is the part that really has frustrated me over the years is the Federal Reserve seems married to these economic models that continually miss the mark. And yet there's no, it seems to me that there's no, um, and I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but nobody willing to say, hey, you know what, we need to find a better way. We need a better model, or we need to, to do things differently. And it's almost like the model isn't broken. It's the data that's coming into the model, and it's somebody else's fault, and all we can do is fix it. False. <laughs> Look, there are, there, are, there are inflation gauges and inflation gauges. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hold any harm with, with the statisticians. But I do say that just because it's the core PCE and it's been the accepted measure of inflation, you know, if it's proven to not capture all the different and various forms of inflation out there that led up to the financial crisis, you might want to throw it down the garbage disposal and start from scratch. You've got a bunch of economists in-house. You've got the brain power to come up with a new mousetrap. Do it. And yet they didn't. And that was really, really what got me fed up and what, what hatched the idea of writing the book in my mind was because they had this great opportunity to affect change in their models, and, and they, they squandered it. Can you elaborate about how the Federal Reserve has been hampering price discovery, which is causing all kinds of risk to be put back into the system, and really kind of going back to uh, Alan Greenspan, who I really think facilitated all of this risk and thought that he could manage it all, and of course we obviously know today that he couldn't, uh, but can you can you kind of shed some light on what price discovery is and how the Federal Reserve is hampering that and what could be the negative effects of that? So, you know, the simplest way for me to illustrate price discovery is what we're not seeing in corporate America today. It's really difficult to evaluate the long-term prospects for an investment if you don't have an interest rate with which to price that investment. What you can do, however, is take out a bond 
and go into the market and buy back your shares, and in doing so, reduce your share count, which means that your earnings per share are higher. So from an outsider looking in, if you've been on you know, planet Mars for the past 30 years, you would come back and say, wow, that is, there must be some kind of cash flow powering these companies. And yet there's not. We've had years of anemic top-line growth, and yet strong enough profit growth because of share buybacks to provide the illusion that there's been some semblance of price discovery and that investors are behaving in a rational fashion, whereas all they're doing is chasing corporations and what they're doing. But nothing productive is coming of this. And in the process, because of zero interest rates, it's impossible to truly say what a share is valued at. You just brought up the Fed's balance sheet. How does that ever go away? Well, at this point, unfortunately, uh, I think a lot of bond market participants, particularly in the sovereign market globally, have been operating under the assumption that the securities on Federal Reserve and on other central bank balance sheets have been permanently expunged from the system such that there will always be reinvestment to make sure that the supply of bonds is kept permanently at a low level. This is a very dangerous world we live in. But it is how investors have been trained to think ever since New York Fed's Bill Dudley came out and changed the order of the exit strategy to say we can normalize interest rates before we begin to shrink the balance sheet. And people were wise enough to see that normalization, quote-unquote, was going to take a really long time, if ever, before we hit our next recession. Ergo, the bonds that have been purchased, the security sitting on central bank balance sheets have gone away forever. And that means, to answer your question in a long-winded fashion, that the minute any central banker worldwide allows any security to roll off their balance sheet and not be replaced, this gentleman's agreement that's been in place and a huge prop and support for bond prices and a huge suppressant on bond yields, it's game over. Whatever central bank blinks first, the whole we're going to see, and this is really kind of the, the, the thought that I've had, which is they've taken this risk and they've made it even worse but are pretending that they've made it better in the short term. Would you agree with that? I would. I would agree with that. But they've rendered the situ- they've rendered the situation that much more vulnerable to even the slightest tick up in interest rates, which by the way, I'm not that worried about. I'm not Rising interest rates aren't keeping me up at night because the 10-year is telling us that the economy is going to slow. Right. The 10-year is telling, telling everybody, hey, despite all the hype and de- despite all the, the positive sentiment, the actual factual data underneath it all says the economy is not going to grow. And, and I, I got it's this. Not, this recovery is very long in the tooth. It's, it's becoming exhausted. 
And and I got I've got a question for you. So so we talk about this recovery, and you talked about uh, the the new era of central banking, where they've taken these quote unquote extraordinary measures, and it seems like none of them know how to end any of these extraordinary measures because. The, ending any of these extraordinary measures just opens up the everybody to systemic risk all across the globe and all across the system, across the entire bond market, across the entire equities market. Do you ever see a a time where rates ever do normalize ever again? And I know ever is a long time. Let, let's say in the next 10 years. Well, I do, but but, but potentially by force. And these are the things that really keep me up at night. Uh, not the falling 10-year yield, but the very idea that if you talk to people, in fact, I'm writing about this right now, but if you talk to people, they say that the ultimate end game will entail a full-blown monetization of developed world sovereign debt and a collaborative effort in order to make the debt truly disappear forever. Well, guess what? If I'm China, I'm not going to take that sitting down. I'm not. And these are the things that sow the seeds of of war. And I don't mean to be doom and gloom. I truly, truly don't. But wars get started because of economic upheaval and because of inequality gaps that are never satisfactorily closed and because the anger never dissipates. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. What was the government in the United States before the U.S. Constitution? It was the Articles of Confederation, ratified by the states on this day, March 1 in 1781. Signed by such statesmen as John Hancock and Samuel Adams, it was an attempt to loosely knit the 13 states together. The Articles of Confederation declared, The said states hereby severally enter into a firm league of friendship with each other, for their common defense, the security of their liberties, and their mutual and general welfare. When the first Constitutional Convention met in 1787 to discuss improvements to the Articles, the delegates changed the rules, threw out the Articles entirely, and developed a new document from the ground up, what we know today as our U.S. Constitution. Although an excellent work that has stood the test of time, this is a wonderful reminder of just how dangerous the same sort of convention to amend our Constitution could be today. There are many groups, by many names, who want a new convention. You may hear Convention of States or Article 5, but all these names mean the same thing. They want a convention for the purpose of amending the Constitution, just like our framers did in 1787 for the Articles of Confederation. But in 2017, there aren't any Ben Franklins, George Washingtons, or James Madisons to be found. Only special interest groups who want to add to, change, or completely destroy our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Phyllis Schlafly likened this unnecessary gamble of a new convention to a game of Russian roulette. Article 5 of the Constitution doesn't contain the safeguards many people claim. Article 5 leaves the process wide open to congressional control, the very entity whose power we want to limit. 
And, quite frankly, the problems that we face today really aren't a result of our present Constitution. The real problem is the federal government that doesn't want to follow our Constitution. Amending the Constitution or writing an entirely new one will not change anything if politicians ignore it, just like they do now. The solution to our nation's problems is not to run away from our Constitution. The real solution is to get back to it. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. On the blog at PSEagles.com, you are invited to take a stand against those who would mock traditional values, slander America, or try to redefine the family. PSEagles.com is your site to speak from the heart, ask questions, and get honest feedback. Won't you join the conversation at PSEagles.com? Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Pedro Radio News Hour, our toll free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That was Federal Reserve Insider Danielle D. Martino Booth, the author of Fed Up. And really, you know, when you think about what she said, it's it's similar to the things like like I've been saying, well, we don't need to be worried about whether or not Janet Yellen's going to raise rates a quarter of a point, you know, in March or June. Right? Because that's their, you know, that's their way of pretending we've got everything under control. But when you listen to what uh, Danielle has to say, which is, hey, it's so much bigger than what anybody could possibly imagine. And how the the Federal Reserve has really married their economic models, and despite what the economic models consistently say, and all the data points are always wrong, they're not trying to do anything to fix it. But the biggest thing is, the market is acting like all of these securities, all of these debt instruments no longer exist. And you really never hear very much about them doing anything about the balance sheets. And, of course, now we know why. Right? The second that happens, all of this comes all undone, and it starts to unwind. And what keeps her up at night is the interest rates rising uncontrollably because the debt markets essentially seize up. And then you really start to, to think about the last part, which he said about how, you know, the global, all the developed worlds, and really, you know, I tie it in a step further. Uh, we didn't get there this time. I think this will be one of the things uh, when we have another, when we have her on again, I'm going to ask her this specifically. You know, the elimination of cash and getting rid of fiat money and this shift towards electronic currencies and electronic credit could this be one of the you know another one of the ways where they do the you know i guess a global reset if you will i don't know another term hey we're going to going to reset it all you know we've got 40 trillion in debt they've got 40 trillion in debt they've got 40 trillion in debt and they got this you know what we'll just we'll just do a little reset here Right, and the country that holds the most debt is the loser, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but but very, very fascinating. Uh, in, like I said, later this afternoon, the whole interview will be on there. We played 
a little less than half of that, uh, but but she has just tremendous insight. And if you read her book, you know one of the things that she talked about was there were several people that raised red flags inside the Federal Reserve itself that said to Greenspan, Bernanke, Yellen, hey, you're, this, this is wrong. This isn't right. These models are wrong. And they presented their cases. They presented the facts. And, and you know what was funny is when Danielle was talking to me, they do the same thing the media does. They ganged up on them. They ridiculed them, and they, they ostracized them. In the case of one person, they they got removed from their job. Hey, you know what? You don't need to work here anymore. And oh, by the way, a year later, exactly what that person said was going to happen, happened. Now, you would think they would call, hey, you know what? Maybe you need to come back here. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. But it really is... And, you know, one of the things, and I think you got the tone of it a little bit. History is going to judge Ellen Greenspan, Van Bernanke, and Janet Yellen very harshly. She really puts a lot of this at the feet of Ellen Greenspan. Most of us didn't realize what deregulation really meant. Most of us didn't understand that Alan Greenspan and his banker buddies systematically essentially disabled Glass-Steagall. You know, you think about all the way back to the 30s. They put Glass-Steagall together to keep these bankers in check because they had run amok. Of course, the Federal Reserve was there all along, bankers running wild. You know, they got the... The, uh, who's that guy? Just, Girls gone wild, and they're all drinking and all that. This is the version of Bankers Run Wild. Right? And Alan Greenspan said, yes, yeah, let's do it. Bankers Run Wild. Let's get rid of Glass. We don't need Glass Steagall. We got all these great dead. I mean, they're great. We're going to chop them up into little pieces. We're going to spread them around. Nobody's going to know what the heck they are. Nobody's going to know what they do. And we'll call it insurance. Right, and all those I have to, I'm just going to manage the risk. And it's okay, we can be super, super risky now, but we'll just manage it. And one of the things that she talks about is the need to not only reenact Blast-Steagall, take power away from the Federal Reserve. One of the mandates, she, you know, they have two, you know, officially. She says employment should not be a mandate of the Federal Reserve. You know, they didn't put that in until the 70s. That never used to be a mandate. What they were supposed to do was price price stability, which we now know is, well, we just want to devalue it just a little bit. right? Well, we call it inflation because if we say devaluation, people may get upset. And then we'll manipulate the hell out of the number and pretend that we're only doing it just a little bit. What's 2%? I mean, come on, it's not that much. Of course, 2% every year, all of a sudden, 10 years later, your money's worth 20% less. That's a lot. 
And it's even more than that when you realize that they manipulate the data to make it appear like they're doing a really good job. Same thing, they've done the same thing with the employment numbers. Eh, we don't want to count it that way. That makes it look bad. We don't, let's not count these people and let's not count those people. And oh, by the way, in the late 90s, let's create this birth death model thing. Yeah, that'll fix it. We know there, because our models say so. I mean, we wrote it. I mean, it's a mathematical formula and everything. I mean, we got multiplication, division, subtraction. We got it all in there. Imaginary numbers, fractions, all of it. And it says, boy, there's got to be more jobs out there. What should we do? Because when we look at the Social Security, the payroll numbers that tell you how many people, you know, Every time you get a job here in America, you know what happens. FICA gets a cut. It's not showing up there. I know. Let's call it birth death because there's got to be jobs that we don't know about. Now they create almost all the jobs. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back with Ryan next. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. If you go out to the website this morning, go to uh, the Order Now button, you'll see we have back again $20 Saints, $20 Liberties. Uh, premiums fell uh, overnight. Uh, right now you're looking at $54 over spot. Uh, by the way, spot gold right now $1,246. Uh, U.S. $20 Liberties and St. Gaudens are at $1,300. Uh, and then on the silver side, the best deal, and it's not even close, we got rolls of silver quarters. I don't have a lot. But they're $135 a roll, which breaks down to $18.88 an ounce. That's how much, if I blow torched it, that's how much silver I would have, uh, which puts that at $0.48. Cents. Silver's eighteen forty right now, $0.48 cents over spot. Just, I mean, as far as silver goes, that's probably, you know, pretty much right at a historical low as far as a premium goes. Uh, 800 951 or you can go right out on the, uh, right out online and do it online and never have to talk to us if you don't like talking to us, if you're worried that we're going to try to upsell you, bait and switch you, or, or do some of the things that all these other dealers do that we don't. You can go online and do it. Speaking of online, uh, Ryan actually was talking to me yesterday. Ryan and Eugene, they are the guys that are helping me uh, get into the 21st century, if you will. Um, And we are talking about we're we're coming out with a redesign on the website. I wanted Ryan to come in because we needed to uh, simplify our shopping cart. And uh, he said, hey, why don't I come on the air today? And I said, fantastic. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, bro. thanks, Joe. Right, he's going to call me coach. So Ryan, I used to be his basketball coach back when he was like 13, 14 years old. Uh, Arlene's son, or Arlene, who was a customer of mine, I used to coach her son. And now all these guys, they're, they're young men. Thankfully, most of them are productive members of society. But, you know, what's funny is Ryan and I were talking, and I just, you know, I don't even know how we got on the subject. One of a, one of a, 
other kids that were Ryan, one of Ryan's teammates, one of the kids I coached, happened to call not knowing you were here. And we kind of got uh, involved in this little discussion. And we Ryan was talking about the kids he graduated college from. And you graduated from U of A. Yeah, right. I graduated UVA right. in May. In May, great school, all that stuff. And you said, really, it's divided up into thirds. Oh, it's divided. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I have I have friends that, you know, once they graduate college, they got their dream job. They did great. And you said, third. so a, a third of them landed, hey, this is what I went to school for. And, man, I, I got a great job. I, I love the job I got. I got a great pay. I got great this, great that, and they love it. Yes. Right. So that's a third. That's a third, and then the other third is, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna settle. Right. I got, I got a job. It wasn't the job I wanted. It wasn't, degree. it wasn't the money that I wanted. It really wasn't what I went to school for. Exactly. But I got a job. Got a job. So there's another third. That's the other third, and then and, the, and, uh, the last third would be the people that uh, got a job at Best Buy. Uh, might be sitting at a desk uh, working at recreational centers. So uh, definitely very very interesting. So I got my degree and I'm at, I'm at, I'm working retail. I'm working at the 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 fitness gym or whatever it may be. And uh, just you know what? Obviously not a scientific poll, and I know it's not one of the Federal Reserve's economic models. But you know, Ryan's a pretty popular guy. He's you know he's a frat boy and all that other stuff. So. So I would say your sample size is pretty good. Oh, the sample size is pretty good. Pretty yeah. good sample size. So, so it really, for for all for all intensive purposes, hey, thirty three percent of the kids that get that college degree it works out pretty good. Thirty three percent. Hey, you got a job, right? You, you got a you got, and I'll say a real job, right? It's not a retail job. It's not a part time job. And then the other thirty three percent. Didn't work out so good. It's going to be real hard paying back those student loans. Uh, but that's not why we brought you here. So tell us, tell all of our customers what what we're working on. Yeah, so first and foremost, Joe just brought up the shopping cart. And uh, that was the, uh, probably the last couple of weeks is the first time we've heard about something, about actually getting some feedback. And we do value you guys' feedback. So number one thing is the next couple of days we will be making some changes to the shopping cart. Uh, simplifying it, making it a lot easier, probably increasing the menu bars. So we're going to be splitting up between uh, gold, silver. Right, because right now when you go out there, all, everything shows up, and it's kind of right. hard to navigate. So we're going to break up in the gold, silver. Uh, we'll add a platinum and a palladium section, and, and we're going to try to make it so it's a little less overwhelming because there are a lot of products out there, and it can be a lot to try to find what you're looking for, and hopefully we'll simplify that. Exactly. Um, so, look for that change in probably next week, probably right. About a week I, or so. You're the tech. It'll, it'll be about a week. Okay. And then uh, next thing you know, let's talk about Facebook. So, we've been monitoring the Facebook likes, and we do appreciate for you, uh, whoever has went out on Facebook and liked our page. Um, but unfortunately, you're actually liking the wrong page. You're liking a page that I guess Eric used to. So let me tell you what's happened. So, as all of you know, we've added Twitter, at Patriot Trading 1. Follow us there. Right? We have our blog, right, that we're, 
we're developing and working on, and, it, and you can go right on right on the website and see what I put up there. Then we have our Facebook page, which, by the way, is probably going to be a very, very important vehicle for the future. Eric and I, one night drinking in his backyard, created a Facebook page, but we have no idea how to get into it. So we've had to create a second one, and we'll talk about that when we get back. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. So we're talking about what we got coming next, and and, and uh, hopefully uh, when we have the new site, you'll have everything you have now, right? All the articles are going to be there like they always are. Uh, we're going to have uh, the blog is going to take a big piece of uh, center stage on this as well, and then you'll have all our interactive stuff. You'll be able to just click a button to follow us on our on Facebook. Click a button to follow us on Twitter and all that other stuff. So we're gonna, it's coming. We're gonna make it simple. But right now, apparently, if you go to Facebook and you type in Patriot Trading Group, there's going to be two sites that come up. And most of you, very smartly, because my customers are smart, unlike me, you followed the one that had the most likes. The problem was is, and this is going back quite a ways, maybe. Ten years ago, Eric and I, you know, when business was slow, kind of like it is now, we were trying to think of ways to to come up with how to get our name out there more. And we said, I know. Let's get on Facebook. And neither one of us knew how. So one of Eric's daughter's friends said, oh, I know how. And apparently he had, you know, trying to be a nice kid, set it up. Well, I don't know if that person gave Eric a password, didn't give him a password. Long story short, we never, ever did anything with it, as far as I know. But it's still out there, and you can't you can't take it away, right? No, you really can't. So it's there forever. So we're going to work on it. I, I'm hoping they're, they're working on it, uh, Ryan and Eugene. I think they're going to have something to Ramon here, and then hopefully relatively soon where we'll have that button so you'll you'll be following the right Facebook page. That's going to be coming, correct? Yes, we'll be having that up shortly. So if you've done it, you may have to do it again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, and then as we get into this, right, this is one of the things we'll be doing a lot of stuff on Facebook, Ryan, is, is what I'm what you guys are telling me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely be checking out. I mean, Facebook, honestly, is awesome. You're going to be finding out a lot of market recaps from Joe. Um, also, I know he came out with an awesome article about uh, the data. Right. Uh, the, the, we did the the jobs data stuff. We're going to do an inflation one. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of different content uh, on Facebook, on our Facebook page, in addition to, obviously, what we provide already on the website. You know, and we've said this all along. Obviously, I want all of you to do business with me. And, and especially today with the Internet, there's always somebody willing to sell it to you for less, right, and, and cut throat and do all this stuff. But one of the things that we do that nobody else does is we give you 
all the information you're going to need to stay educated on all the things that are happening. And hopefully you think that it's worth that. You know, whether it's this show, all the different avenues now that we have to communicate to you, uh, to keep you all in the know. And, and, I, and we take a lot of pride in that. Uh, I know that, that Eric always did, and I do as well. And, and I hope that all of you uh, appreciate that as well. So we've got a lot of great, exciting things coming. Uh, and, Ryan, thank you for stopping in today. And make, make sure, great buying opportunity again, uh, 800-951-0592. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the day.